Welcome to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul. My co-host, Justin Baker, in studio, as per the usual. And uh, Justin, today's a special show. Special? How so? Because we've, we're have we finally, we're done our player rankings. We've got all those. You can go back and listen to those. Um, of course, every week we're, we're still chugging out top 10 players from uh, different teams. Uh, you'll, you'll see later on in the week, you'll see top 10 Ottawa Senators. Ooh. Uh, that was a, a good, good little fun episode we did. Uh, but now we do a deep dive. We are going to dive into everything Detroit Red Wings and let's, we're going to talk line combos. We're going to talk some of the deals that they've made so far this season. And uh, I think, you know, we'll, we'll take a look, maybe projecting over the next couple of years, what, what your expectations are. Now, you're the, you're the Red Wings fan. You're the one who, like, you follow them much more closely than I do, like more on a game-to-game. I'm a little bit more like I tune in. I watch a period here and there. Uh, I probably have watched four or five games total thus far uh, this year, whereas they, they played, what, 19? You've probably you've seen most yeah, of them. 19, yeah. Uh, so I'm going to be leaning on you a little bit more in this episode, but uh, I think as far as the, the Iser plan goes... I think uh, we can take a look at this, like the broad spectrum. Look at what he did in Tampa Bay, kind of compare it to what he's done so far in Detroit. And uh, we'll see where, where this team will be in the next couple of years, maybe project it out a little bit and have some fun here. Should be exciting. Okay, so uh, starting off, let's, let's talk about current state of affairs. Current state of affairs. Red Wings just traded for Robbie Fabry. Trade da- Jacob Delarose. Two games in, looking pretty good. Fabry <laughs> scores two two goals in his first game as a Red Wing, and in the the next game has a great setup on Mantha's goal and overtime overtime yeah overtime yeah. winner. Uh, so three goals in his first two games, whereas he had one goal in nine games with St. Louis uh, before this, and only had two goals in thirty two games the year prior. Uh, he has only played. 83 like 94 games the last three years so even though he's a what he's like what 24 years old now yeah not too not too old it's almost like he's like a 20 21 22 year old coming in like in terms of his development he just hasn't gotten in the same kind of reps as uh, a lot of 24 year olds will get so with that said your thoughts on that trade and then we'll we'll get into how it impacts the rest of the roster. Yeah, first off, a tip of the cap to the St. Louis Blues for basically just giving us, gifting us this wonderful prospect, this wonderful young talent. Um, I mean, let's be honest. Robbie Fabry was uh, he had a lot of high expectations when he was drafted by St. Louis, and twenty first overall. Yeah, they were expecting some big things. Um, however, he just—it's not that he didn't pan out. It's just that St. Louis was so deep. With forwards, I mean, yeah, I mean they've got young guys right now like Ivan Barbashev and um, Robert Thomas right now who who have you know only been able to crack the third line. It's just because they are that deep offensively uh, with this team. And you, I mean, you saw it last year that how they were able to win the cup. And um, <clears throat> you know, I can't can't remember where I saw it, but um, you know, they they released a statement from management in St. Louis that says basically we we talked to this kid and we said, hey, we want to find something that works for you so you can be successful because you're not going to get it here. Um, you know, and I think they the coaching staff said that, you know, Alex Steen with his recent injury, they said even though he was coming off the power play, Robbie Fabry wouldn't have made it on there because they just have other guys that they want to give a look to. And 
you know, that kind of sucks for a guy who who has the ability and capability to to be a top six, maybe even top nine guy um, for an organization. He just doesn't have that opportunity in St. Louis, and it, it sucks. But um, you know. St. Louis knew it, and that's why they they were willing to take Jacob De La Rose because they knew this is a guy who's not going to be anything more than a fourth line grinder for him, and um, you know they wanted to give Fabry the opportunity. Yeah, and and Jacob De La Rose, he he does have a decent ceiling. It's sure. not like you're you're not expecting him to pan out to be nothing. Um, but Robbie Fabry, I mean, we are lo- far removed from fifteen sixteen, his rookie year, where he he gets thirty seven points in seventy two games. They go into the playoffs, they make it to the third round, and he's he's got 15 points in 20 playoff games. Freaking great. And you're looking at this kid going, this kid's like one of the future players for this Blues team. He's going to make an impact. Yeah. They do go and win the Stanley Cup, but it's not with Robbie Fabry right. doing anything. So uh, with with that said, I, I, I love the move for the Red Wings. Yeah, and I mean, he's, he's had some injury problems, and that's why he kind of... Fell down the depth chart for St. Louis because he, you know, he missed a whole entire season. I mean, the guy freaking, I can't remember what the injury was, but he basically broke his leg. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that sucks for a kid. You know, when you're trying to develop your your talent and trying to crack a lineup and you just, you get sidelined for so long, it's kind of hard to get back in that groove no matter, you know, especially when it's a leg injury, right? An ankle leg injury because you rely so heavily on your skating ability in today's NHL. It just, it delays your development even more for a young kid like that. Yeah. Um, okay. So when you think about Robbie Fabry long term, is he a guy that now, all right, look, I mean, obviously he's playing with Mantha. Like we're plugging him in. Right. He's plugged in top six already. Yeah. And, uh, he, and he's getting his opportunity. Like here it is. Here's your opportunity. Like you're probably not getting another one because, you know, he hopefully can stay healthy and have a few good years here with the Red Wings. Um, when you can acquire a guy like that, it doesn't necessarily fast forward what you're going to do. It's not like the Red Wings are going to change their plan because they were able to get Robbie Fabry. He's a nice piece. Definitely complimentary, though. No, absolutely. And he's not a guy that changes your franchise overnight, right? I mean, you're hoping he's going to provide good depth because the Wings do have a good, you know, top line right now between Bertuzzi, Mantha, and Larkin. That's that's a quality line I could say you could put out there. And, you know, maybe they might develop into, you know, they're not going to have the capabilities of maybe, uh, you know, a Boston top line with Pasternak. You know, they might not be that dominant as... Right as that line, but they could still be a formidable top line. And so you need guys below them to fill it out. And I think, you know, Anthony C is one guy they're hoping is going to kind of fill in that, that spot. But you know, the Red Wings just don't have anything else really, um, you know, ready to go. And I think when you bring in a guy like Fabry, you say, Hey, you know what? You're on the last year of your deal. We can, we can pay you some dollars. If you go out and say, Hey, I, I deserve to be in a top six role here. And, you know, I'm going to prove that you can invest in me long-term. Right. And, and one of the biggest issues for the Red Wings has been their inability to move much because they've had so many of these veteran contracts. They just holding the anchor contracts that are holding down the whole entire team. A lot of those are coming off the books. Jimmy Howard is a UFA. He may, you know, he's kind of your like, he might come back next year. You know, I, I'm yeah. Another I'm one sure, year you know. deal, but it'll be for, for pennies on the dollar. Won't be too much money. Um, a yep. Mike Green, Probably not coming back next year. Definitely not at nope. a five point three million dollar hit. Uh, and then you're you're talking a few guys that are going to come out of here. Jonathan Erickson, he'll be off the books. He is buried right now, but still, uh, some of his it's three point one seven five is what what his cap hit now is instead of four point two. But 
him. You got Trevor Daly. He's a free agent. So you're, you're getting closer to some of these guys and their deals ending. Uh, you still got Franz Nielsen for another two years after this year, Abdocator for another three years. Uh, but I think it's safe to say, like, some of these deals are now maybe in play. Like, Darren Helm at 3.85, I don't love it, but he's only got one year after this year left on that deal. Yeah, that's true. He could be moved. Absolutely. And he's still a capable third line guy. He's very fast still for his age, so he can still skate up and down, and he kills penalties very well. It's actually hard to believe that him and Abdicator are both 32 years old. I know. Just doesn't... Yeah. And Helm, the great thing about Helm, too, is he's versatile, right? You can put him at center. He's a great face-off guy, and he can play the wing. So, you know, if you're a team that maybe needs a little depth scoring and you're looking to make a push next season, you can you can say, hey, you know what? For $3 million, we could add this piece that could really round off our third line quite nicely, so... Yeah, and, it, and it's a lot easier, for, obviously, for a team to take a, a guy with one year left on his deal right. or like one year and three months left on his deal. Uh, when you when you look at that the Adam Earn deal, um, Eiserman, I we knew, we talked about it. As soon as Eiserman signed with the Wings, we said, all right, who's who's going to be the first guy he brings over from Tampa Bay? Right. <laughs> uh, Adam Earn, uh, he hasn't done anything really since, since getting to the Red Wings. Um, do you have any, any thoughts on... Uh, whether or not, like the, they're not really using him a ton, playing. No, he's a third line, line third guy. Line, yeah. yeah, but I, I think this is kind of what Eiserman is. You know, he's handcuffed right now in terms of salary cap. Right, the Wings don't have a lot of cap now. Next year, they're going to have thirty-five million dollars in free space, but they do have a lot of RFAs. They got guys like Mantha, who's going to probably eat up a big, you know, seven, eight million dollar chunk. I'm yep, sure. Yep. I mean, he's um, got what eleven goals so far right. this year. I mean, you parse that out, he's on pace for. I mean, it is not out of the realm of possibility. If he gets he gets a little hot, he can and, do 40. He, he's very much a hot and cold kind of guy sure. um, thus far in his in his NHL career. Uh, yes, for I mean, 40, he's like more than on pace for 40. I'm thinking like if he gets hot, he could get 50. Wow. He gets hot enough. I mean, he's got, I mean, you know, you, you look at 11 goals in 19 games. You parse that over 82 games. That's like 46 goals. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a tough pace to continue, but uh, somewhere between 35 and 50 goals, you're getting paid. Right. I mean, you're, he, you might be looking at it and going like, all right, Mitch Marner got, what, 10, 10, 5. So I want 9, 5. Well, he could just look at Jeff Skinner be like, there's a 40-goal scorer. Yeah. I, I won't. Yeah. What he got, 9 plus million. Um, for, yeah. for eight years? Right. No, I don't know if I... I but see, now you're willing... Are you willing... With Mantha, I'm willing to pay him for eight years because he's only 25. Right, which is great. So if so, you're you know you're essentially you're buying one year of of free agency, or um, you because he'd be a restricted free agent for one year. The disaster would be if you can't sign him, you got to sign him to a one year deal, and then he becomes a UFA at the end of that year. He is arbitration eligible, so he could. Say I want to go to L- Arbo want to go to arbitration, mm-hmm. get his one year deal, and become an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. Yeah, that's it's dangerous. And not only that, but outside of Mantha, you know, you've got Anthony Siu and Tyler Bertuzzi. Who Tyler Bertuzzi's having a great season. He's he seems to have found his offensive game playing up top with. I mean, he he was starting to come on end of last season, but man, he's rolling already this year with with Mantha and Lark and those three look. 
pretty good. And so, um, you know, you're going to see those guys get paid. And I think Anthony Cio maybe not as much money as I thought they were going to have to shell out for him uh, because he, he doesn't look like he's going to have the same offensive successful season he did last year. But, but yeah, I mean, so it's early. Gonna, yeah, it's early again. You know, he could still turn it around. Now he gets to play alongside Robbie Fabry maybe for most of the year now. Maybe that might help. Um, so, again, I think, you know, the Wings are going to have a little bit of money now. But the difference was this year, right, they don't have a lot of that money. And back to, to what we were talking about, Adam Ernie, um, you know, that kind of move was, a you know, a low-risk, high-reward type of move. A guy who, you know, was a little bit more highly touted than he ended up panning out in Tampa. Um, but he's, I mean, he's a power forward type of guy. They thought, you know, he could probably be a second line role player, third line guy. And just, I never mean, it doesn't mean that he, you know, yeah, he has no points in his first 16 sure. games. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that he can't find his way, uh, here with Detroit 14 games. Uh, you know, sometimes it takes a guy a minute to yeah. adjust. He's, he's really, he's playing like third, fourth line minutes on a team that isn't very good. Uh, right. doesn't have a lot of talent outside of the. The top four or five guys there. Yeah, and when, when you, you know, you consider who, like Val, Valtteri Filpula centering that, he's centering that. The second line. line. No, he's the centering with Fabry Fra- and Anthony Franz Nielsen. And Franz Nielsen has got that third yeah, line. Yeah, that third line duty. And, uh, yeah, Franz, Franz Nielsen probably not your, not your greatest Not asset. the Islander Franz Nielsen we knew. That's no, for sure. And, I mean, he had an okay year last year, 35 points, but, uh, I mean, he's horribly struggle there's no points in 15 games like at this point the problem is you can't like you can't even sell him you got three years after this year left on his deal well two years but still but two years sorry yeah. three years right now i mean yeah at 5.2 that's a lot of that's a lot of money to to try to convince a team to to take right and i i, I mean back to eiserman's moves here you know with fabry with brendan perlini and and Adam Ernie, he's bringing in guys that are cheap, right? Guys that you don't have to be worried about being handcuffed because of the cap situation. And you're hoping these are guys that, you know, even, maybe, even if one of them works out. Right. That's the thing. Yeah. Guys who maybe, you know, like a Jesse Pugliarvi, for example, right? He's, he's that type of guy where he was, you know, expectations were a little bit higher. Maybe they just didn't meet them or didn't have the opportunity in their current franchises. And you can buy them low and hope that they pan out. And, and you know, for the Red Wings, they do have some nice prospects coming up in the fourth position. But, you know you're hoping that maybe these guys, you know, still pan out. And so you can take a couple, you know, throw a couple darts at the board and maybe hope that, you know, one or two of these guys like in, in these trades pan out. And then you're saying, Oh, freaking hey, the eyes are playing is coming along a little quicker. So, yeah. I mean, obviously the hope is that Joe Valeno can, can move along his development, be that next second line guy. Um, I mean, I, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not looking too much into what, what he's done so far in the AHL, um, some guys have fantastic AHL seasons, go to the NHL. It doesn't translate. Other guys struggle in the A, they come to the NHL and they, and they do just fine. Uh, with Valeno, not, not playing, uh, never playing in the AHL before you know, you're going to give the guy 45, 40 games before you start to really evaluate what's going on. Right. You're going to let that, that coaching staff, uh, coach him up. But we, we know we can score. I mean, 104 points, in 59 games last year in, in the, in the queue, granted it's the queue. Everyone scores a billion goals, right. but uh, you, you expect that if Joe Valeno can come up and be your, be a part of your top six, I mean, that's a huge win, right. especially since he fell all the way to them at 30. Yeah, exactly. Year. And he was the guy who was expected to go top 15 in that draft and to fall all the way down to number 30 like that. 
it's it's a, it's a no risk reward kind of move and right right you know if he pans out to be the guy that you know he was originally thought to be and you know could be a future you know top nine you know second or third line center for us that would be fantastic yeah and I, I'd say another guy like Philip Zadina who again not having like a just an, a balls out kind of AHL career mm-hmm. uh, I think probably is a guy who's like the AHL is a different style of play. Yeah, it's a little it's bit more grindy, a little bit and, more grinding, yeah. and and I think it's good because it prepares some a guy who uh, maybe doesn't play that way, teaches them how to play that way because eventually you're going to get to the playoffs, you're going to play that way, right? Like there's going to be some of that. You need to be able to to overpower people. Uh, yeah, seven Ask St. points. Louis how that worked out for him, right? Right. <laughs> so he I mean he's got five goals, in fourteen games so far this season. Uh, really, like the Grand Rapids Griffins, not. Not a great team. No, not expected uh, to compete which, for a Calder. Which, but. if you think about, all right, the NHL team isn't great. Of course, you're going to have your better prospects probably up with the team. Uh, it is it is a little surprising, though, that uh, you. I think you'd hope Zadina would be in a little bit better position. Being down there, getting top, top line minutes, uh, you'd expect for him to be a little bit better, but also 19 years old. Willing to be patient. Still got time. Yeah. And that's the thing. The Red Wings have always been super patient with their their prospects, right? They don't try to rush them in. Oh, they and, wait till that banana's like brown. Right. For, I know. That's forget it the, being ripe. It's yeah. brown. That's been the Jim, Jimmy DeVolano kind of ma- mantra for, for the last you know quarter of a century here. Wait you know. until they've got some spots on them. <laughs> yeah, some gray hairs, and then we'll bring them up. Uh, yeah, another prospect, though. We're not talking about Drew Miller. So That's moving exactly on. <laughs> who I thought of. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, Drew. Oh, yeah, I felt bad for that kid. Uh, and Marit Sider is having a, a nice start. Though. Yeah, he's he's looking really well, and from everything I hear, he just looks super comfortable in the NHL. And you think for a guy who's coming over from Europe, right? It's a it's a totally different league when you come over to North America. Sure, sure. And so he's, same with Zadina. Zadina's right. coming over from you know, from the Czech Republic his and whole life. Um, yeah, and I mean they you know Zadina's supposed to be that big stay at home two way guy, but they're saying he's moving the puck really well. He skates really really good, and so for a guy of his size, if he can continue to be a a great skater and move the puck pretty decently, he'd be a lights out at number six. So hopefully it works out for him. Um, we'll see. I'm sure most of these guys will get a look at some point this season because I can't imagine, uh, you know, this this year the Wings will, you know, they're not going to be competing for a playoff spot. You know, they might push a few teams, but they're going to be, you know, towards the bottom of the East for most of the season. And I think at some point you have to start giving a few of these guys a little bit of look. You know, when those roster expansions happen later on in the year, they'll bring up some of these guys like Zadina and Valeno and, and give them a, sure, an extended sure. look. I, I think you're going to see something like knowing how the Leafs did it several years ago you know they're toiling as as a, a bad team right uh what they did with william nylander after the trade deadline that's when they brought him up uh before that was before austin matthews before mitch marner mitch marner had been drafted but he wasn't on the team they bring up william nylander they expose him to to the nhl a little bit and then you get your full season next year with other guys coming so right. i mean you've got to expect the red wings likely going to have another top or their first top five pick because they've been just outside of that, right? With, yeah, with both their picks, they, they, they finished. I think they had the third best odds the last two seasons, and they got six both times. Yeah, so yeah, bummer. Uh, it, it'll be it'll be interesting to see who they can acquire in this draft because I think I think probably this is the most important draft now. Uh, they, in terms of ranking, they got very fortunate 
a couple years, you know, with with two years ago getting Zadina at six where he was ranked third and Joe Valeno falls, I think, from like 18 or 19 all the way to 30 for the Red Wings. And Maritz Sider was a guy who was was very highly touted as well. Maybe maybe not necessarily. I don't think he fell, uh, but they they definitely I think they scored with him. I, th- I think he's going to be a, yeah. a real nice piece. I do too for, for the wings. I mean, and, how and, great would it be for the wings if they luck out on the lottery and they get Alex uh, Lafren? Oh, yeah, there's yeah. the two two guys up at My the top. Gosh, he's supposed to be just a game changer on the wing. I so. mean, that's. If you can get if you can get a top three pick, it is it's going to be a game changer. Sure, like, yeah. Nine times out of ten, that's a game changer for your team. Yeah, Quinton Byfield would be fantastic yep. if they get yeah, him. Quinton Byfield, number two or three. I mean, and he's a monster too. He is like six five. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's uh, I think when you when you consider what they've done so far, you consider what they've done in the draft, and you think about moving forward here. When you look at their team as a whole. Obviously, you're you know you get a top three pick. You're taking one of those those the two forwards that are right at the at the top. I think the difficult thing is that yes, they took Marit Sider. Their defense is very thin still. It is. Absolutely. It's very. I mean, other than like I would say right now, their only real top four defenseman is Dennis Chalaski. Ah, uh, Phil Peronik. I would throw him in there for sure. Uh, He's looked great so far this year, and I think. Um, you know he'll he'll be a great top four. I don't think he'll ever be a legit top line one or two guy, but he'll be a fantastic number three defenseman for for this team for a lot of years here. Okay, so. all right, all right, that's fair. I, I I'm wondering. All right, like same same with Dennis Jalowski. You sometimes you look at a guy right now on a bad team and you go, hey, he's playing really well for us. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that doesn't always transfer over to, hey, we're on a good team now. How does that player look on a good team? And when that player actually, like, they've won. Where are they? Where are they sitting in the standings right now? Oh they're gosh, like, they're second worst in the East. Yeah. So they aren't winning many games, which means that they're losing more battles than they're winning. Which, yes, they're some guys are obviously going to put up points. I mean, they do have talent. They the wings are top heavy, but just not. There's just not that much at the top, anyways. Right. They're not. He- it's still thin up. Just there in too. comparison to the rest of their team, they're top heavy, uh, which which isn't a bad place to be. I, like I think I'd rather be a little top heavy right now than be that team where you're like, well, we've got a lot of guys that we've got a lot of Mike Fishers in our organization. <laughs> we've got a lot of third line guys. Yeah, I will say, you know, it is nice. I d- I did go and look at a few different sites and a few different. Um, you know, people that rank team prospect pools and where they, they fall in terms of, you know, in comparison to the rest of the league. And they had the wings right around 10 or 11 for all of these pretty much, which is pretty nice. I mean, and so, then, I mean, a top, another top five pick and suddenly you're yeah. in the top five anyways. Because, Absolutely. Yeah. And, and you got to think that Zadina likely graduating to the NHL end of this year. And it, it, I mean, it, I think that if, if he doesn't make the team by next year, it's a disaster. Right. Then you have to worry. Absolutely. And I think another great thing, too, for the Wings is, you know, with a lot of these pieces coming off the books, we talked about Jonathan Erickson, Mike Green. Um, a lot of these guys can be dealt at the deadline, maybe even a Jimmy Howard to a team like maybe Vegas, for instance, who who desperately needs a backup. You know, you can move these pieces and acquire some more picks and maybe you get lucky, you know, for a team that's really desperate. Say, you know, say, for instance, you know, Vegas does, you know, they're sitting at number two in their division or number one. They're 
they're right there at the deadline and Mark andre Fleury goes down, right? Now they would be willing to to definitely give Detroit a first rounder for Jimmy Howard. Sure, sure. And, uh, you know, so again, you could you could strike gold a little bit or maybe you somehow manage to do what they did with Thomas Tatar and get a first, second, and third for him or something crazy like that. But yeah, the Wings could get pretty decent return in terms of draft picks back for some of these, some of these aging contracts here. And, um, you know, maybe make, you know, the first real draft that Iserman, you know, has a little bit more control over, uh, you know, could really turn it into something pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, talk to me about Shvetsnikov. Yevgeny Shvetsnikov. Yeah. There was some, some high expectations for him. I mean, his, his, uh, his brother is, is, uh, lighten it up. Lacrosse style. Destroying it, (laughs) destroying it. And uh, I mean, he was taken 19th overall in 2015. So obviously, some high expectations for him. Uh, he's played fine at the AHL level. You bring him up to the pro level, and he doesn't seem to really get much of a chance. Like 2015, uh, sorry, 2016, 17, he gets up, plays two games. 17, 18, he plays 14 games. Actually, doesn't do too bad. It's four points. Uh, last year, doesn't get a sniff. This year, he's played four games. No points, but he's played four games. Yeah, I, I think the biggest problem for him, you know, early on in his career was the first few years, he dealt with a lot of injuries, right? So not getting consistent time on the ice with guys, especially in the AHL. And then when he comes up and does play some minutes, you know, for the Red Wings, he's, you know, dealing with injuries again. Um, now this year, you know, uh, he's come up, he's played four games, no points so far. But um, this is a guy to me who, you know, he's never going to be um, – you know, like his his younger brother Andre. Yeah, he's not going to be Andre. No, he's never going to be that good. But and that's okay. No, absolutely. He doesn't need to be. I mean, he was the nineteenth overall pick, so you do you'd like him to come in and play in oh, your sure, top yeah. nine. Yeah, and I, I still think he's very capable of being a top nine guy for this team. However, you know, he's he's got great puck moving ability. He's got a great shot, but the defensive side of the game is where it kind of lacks a little bit. And I think you know if he can improve on that two way game just a little bit more and and sort of just round out the rest of his game he could he could easily you know crack this top nine next year for sure don't see him staying up consistently this year though no not at all yeah no. okay um one one guy that always always interested me uh was matt pumple he was taken i think <laughs> that name taken, alone. By, taken by ottawa like oh gosh what was it uh 24th overall in 2011 he's actually having a pretty good season for the for the uh, Grand Rapids Griffins this year and last year can never seem to get it done in the playoffs, but or in the, in the NHL, but doesn't really get much of a sniff. Like, I mean, he's been moved around so much, but every time he comes up, I mean, he had, uh, with the Rangers, he had nine points in 27 games. So it's not Not bad bad. for like a third, fourth line guy. Uh, hasn't gotten really much of an opportunity with the wings. He played eight games last year, got a goal, uh, 50 points last year in the A, the year before 54 points and has 16 points in 14 games so far. I I'm looking at at him going he's 26 years old. He'd be an easy guy to bring up third fourth line and uh, maybe you don't want to disrupt what disrupt what's happening with the AHL team, but I they're not that good anyways. Uh yeah. I wonder if he's a, like a surprise like a late development type of player, a guy who could come in, score you 15 goals. Like a Dan Cleary type I guy. I mean, he's putting up 50-something points every year in the AHL the last couple of years. Like, It's not out of the realm of possibility to think that given put in the right situation, that he could come up as, as a winger. He can play both sides, uh, so he's very versatile. Come up and uh, you know maybe get some second power play time too because I think there's 
that second power play for the Red Wings is kind of a revolving door, right? Like, <laughs> it really is. You, you don't know who's going to appear on there. and So why not bring up a guy who's, I mean, seven goals in 14 games. He's got more goals than any than most guys on the, the Red Wings. Yeah. In the rest of the organization. <laughs> so uh, so why not? Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's, he's a guy who at this point in his career, I think at 26, you know, not a lot of teams are going to look at him and be like, okay, well, you know, he is what he is, right? I think. Most teams, you know, aren't going to go out and say, well, shoot, he's, he's not like Jesse Pugliarvi where they're like, okay, well, we got some time. He could develop, right? But again, some guys maybe come into the game a little bit later in life, and, you know, that's fine. But I think with Detroit, at least the last couple seasons since he's arrived from New York, um, you know, he's just – he's kind of been stuck low on that depth chart, and I think the wings have been just kind of – cemented down with all these veteran contracts they've had and you just you don't give an opportunity for a guy like that and when you have a lot of younger players that you've drafted you know yourself and you're in the organization a lot higher uh, in the first round you know you're trying to give those guys a look first over a guy like you know Pumple Pumple Sure. You, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, you know, versus a guy like that who Pumple Pumple maybe that. Yeah, okay. Right. Um yeah, so I think I think if he if he does crack the wings lineup, it's going to be a, probably a fourth line, you know, role. But he'll have to go out there and take his nine, ten minutes, you know, and really prove that hey, you know what, I'm, I can, I can play, I can stick in this league, and so, um, you know. But again, I, I think he's he's playing so well right now in the AHL. You know, you you kind of get that that idea that okay, cool, we don't want to we don't want to mess what we got going up down here for him because he's playing so well. We want to take a look at some of these other younger guys who maybe aren't producing and see if they can be. NHL guys, sure, but. sure, and and I understand. I understand. You just wonder. Sometimes you get that player who everything comes together for them when they're like 26, 27. Yeah, and like they, I said, they give Dan you like Cleary. I mean, two or three good, two or good three example. real nice years where, yeah, you know, uh, the way that he he can shoot the puck, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that if he can develop properly. I know it's late. We're late in the in the game, but there are those players that that happens to. He seems to be getting better, and that usually doesn't happen. Yeah, and as a, for a nice a nice thing about that too for the Red Wings is that makes a good trade chip, right? For a team that maybe is looking for third or fourth line scoring, a little bit of depth, like maybe for instance Boston, right? Who just can't seem to figure out what to do with you know David Backus, and they could really use a guy maybe you know on that third line. Um, I don't think you're getting anything for Matt Pumple. I don't know. You might get a fourth round pick or I something, don't think so. but. I mean, <laughs> He's. I think he's a free agent at the end of the year. Yeah. I, I think a guy like that is is a guy that I'm looking. You know, you've got all these opportunities, and now's the time to like let's see who can who can do something. who like who can earn it. The other side of it is, it, do we want to bring guys up and have them play 15 games, and if it doesn't work, send them back down, or do you want to say, you know, what you're here for the whole season. Let's not see what you can do over 10. Let's see what you can do over 80 games, and see how a guy can develop. It's. It, I think there's a difficult balance like it's it's aligned to walk it really is yeah and i think like like we talked about before detroit's got so many veteran contracts and um you know it, it's hard to find roster spots for for a lot of these younger guys or guys of you know his age at his his stage in his development so um yeah i just it's it's going to be tough to find a spot for him in the nhl level uh, when you know you have all these other younger guys like valeno and zadina who you'd rather give looks to and hope sure. that they pan out sure so yeah also, Elmer Soderblom currently third in the uh, in the old super elite. Oh boy, Swedish league. <laughs> so sixth sixth round pick, I think uh, last year or the year before. But 
Yeah, the uh, Red Wings got a nice. Speaking of Swedish league, the Red Wings picked up a uh, convinced. Gosh, what is the freak? Oliver Koski. He's playing right now in the University of Denver, I believe it is, and he's just he's tearing it up there. But he was uh, the Swedish Elite League's leading scorer on the back end in D, and he's only like oh, freak. I think he's like twenty four years old. So you know they they plug themselves a pretty good defenseman right now that they could you know maybe next year plug in when guys like Erickson and Mike Green come off the books. So um, the Red Wings got some decent prospects, and it's you know it's not whether or not these guys will be superstars because I don't I, I think maybe Zadina might be the only one who you could look at and say he has the potential to be. Well, I think Marie you know, Sider has the potential to be like he does. A, a definitely top four, maybe maybe be that top defenseman. Absolutely could be absolutely. Um, but you know, there's not a whole lot of guys. And so when you look at, you know, you you have to be creative, I guess, at this point, because the cupboards aren't as, you know, full as a lot of other teams. And so, you know, the Red Wings haven't had the, the luxury of picking number one, number two overall for multiple years. Like for instance, you know, teams like, you know, uh, Pittsburgh got to do or Toronto, I Edmonton, mean, yeah, Edmonton or whomever. So, um, you know, the wings got to be creative in other ways. And that, you know, that comes at looking overseas and trying to pluck guys out of the, the SEL. So. It also comes with like, if you're going to be bad, be bad. Yeah, right. Like, it's okay. Yeah, embrace uh, the tank. I think this year is the year to embrace the tank. Right. Yeah. Miami this Dolphin is. fans are getting pissed off because Miami's winning two games in a row now, and it's like, what the frick? We we got to lose here so we yes. can go after what's yes. his face from LSU if yes. to quarterback our team. I mean, freaking a. Um, last guy, Michael Rasmussen. He has been back and forth between the the NHL and the AHL. Uh, do you see him as somebody who ultimately does something with the wings? I mean, last year he played 62 games. He gets 18 points. He was okay. Uh, kind of playing in that third line role in the AHL. He's got eight points in nine games so far this year. Is he somebody that like, to me, he maybe is like the first guy that you need to bring up. Yeah. He's, he's definitely up there on that list in terms of like top two or three guys that, you know, when you're looking to call someone up, that's probably who the wings would look to. But I think right now um, the wings probably know they're going to be bad this year. And so I think it's better for his development to be a top line guy on a, on a pretty decent AHL team or mediocre AHL team versus being, you know, a third line guy on a pretty crappy, you know, NHL team. Yeah. Um, and I think for his development, that probably would work out better. I think he's, he's, he does have some things to work on and, um, you know, when you're not getting the minutes to work on those things in game, that's true. Yeah. You know, it makes a little harder. Line. Yeah. Definitely. So I think for his development, it's, it's much better for him to be suited in the AHL right now. Any goalies that you, uh, that you foresee? I mean, right now we're like very short term for the wings. Um, uh, I don't know. This is a. I don't know anything about goalies coming. No, up, so. I. I will say the Red Wings do have one decent goaltender in their pipeline that I am excited about. Um, he could be a potential starter for the Red Wings, and that's Philip Larson. Um, gosh, where did he got drafted? Um, frick, where was it? The sixth round in 2016 by the Red Wings. So, kind of a guy who could be, you know, a late round steal, much like a Zetterberg or Dadzuka, Although I don't see him being the superstars they were. Hall of Famer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he was at the University of Denver. Okay. That's yeah. who it was. I'm sorry. Yep. But he's been, I mean, he's been off to a little rocky start with the AHL this season, but last year he was fantastic. Um, you know, the year before that, I mean, he, in World Juniors and the USHL, he had put up fantastic numbers, right? So he's got he's got the tools, he's got the size, um, he's got the ability to be, you know, a, a decent starter. It's just whether or not he'll develop into that. And I think, um, you know... Call I, me when he's like 25. Right. I think he's still got a, a couple more years left to develop. He's not ready. 
Um, so again, this is why you might see the Red Wings, um, you know, try to to go on a one year deal with Howard till this kid's ready, or maybe the Wings might draft somebody, or even better, the Wings might, you know, with all that cap space next year, they might try to go after and pluck sure. somebody like Robin Lehner's a free agent next year. Although I probably see him signing an extension with if, Chicago. If but. you can figure out how to develop goalies more quick. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be a millionaire. Absolutely. Quickly, very quickly. Yeah, I think the Islanders goalie coach, what's-his-face, Cook, I think is his last name. Yeah. He's the only guy right now where you just look at him and be like, okay, just sign whatever check number he wants, and yeah, that's what we're going to pay that guy. It, like, it seems like there's uh, there's one or two goalie coaches all the time that like they appear and they make goalies amazing for a right. minute, and then the goalie coach disappears again. That's uh, It's such a weird position. I don't even think we know how to... Like, the stats that we have are stupid. Yeah, like, and it, you know what's crazy to me? Like, I was... Okay, so I was listening to SiriusXM the other day, and they were they were talking about goalies, right? Developing goaltenders and the risk it is. And so you look at a lot of these GMs, right? Why goalies aren't taken in the first round anymore, right? Last year, we had Spencer Knight taken, uh, I think it was like 16, 18 yeah, maybe, yeah. for the Florida Panthers. And yeah, they've got Bobrovsky locked up long-term. And so to them, they can say, okay, we can sit on this guy, but... Then on the flip side, you look at it and say, okay, well, you use a first-round pick on a guy you're not probably going to – you're probably not going to use over the next you're two or three years. You're probably going to be fired by the time that – Right, yeah. and that's the thing. Most GMs are scared to take goalies because by the time they actually get to see them in the system, they're fired. Yeah. So why waste your time? And so, you know, the goaltender position is the hardest to to project. And so, you know, a lot of goaltenders because don't Because it's in. so – like, it all depends on the team in front of you. Right. It, it absolutely does. And, it, you know, most goaltenders don't actually find their game until they're 25, 26. And by, you know, I mean, by that time, you've been, you know, floating around between minor leagues and the NHL for six, seven years. I mean, look at Jordan Bennington. Yeah. Guy was in the U. I know. Frick. He had to, he had to like, say, hey, send me to the Providence Bruins so I can develop so I can a little play, bit more. Yeah. So I can play. and Because they were ready to just dump him and freaking hey I mean, I mean yeah look at tim thomas look at look right. at craig anderson like all guys who maybe developed a little bit later in their career right it's so hard to find a mark andre fleury who you know you're gonna pick you know right. at the top and he's gonna right. be fine that that Carrie never Price. happens yeah it hasn't happened Rarity. in a long time yeah that's what like 15 years ago oh my gosh almost and those guys <laughs> were taken uh yeah it's it's a very volatile position and it's almost worth just like eh, we'll just sign somebody Right. It's almost easier to let them develop and say, okay, we'll just pluck them out later. We'll make a trade or we'll, you know, like I I think of the Leafs and their development. I mean, they traded Tuka Rask, so that's on them. That is, Um, yeah. But you look at the guys that they've tried to, like Andrew Raycroft wins rookie of the year. They bring him in. He's garbage. (laughs) Vesa Toskala looks like an, an awesome backup for the San Jose Sharks, gets his opportunity to start as a goalie, and he's terrible. Right. Uh, You've got. James Reimer, who was fine. Like, they developed James Reimer for years, and he was still just fine. Fine, yeah. Garrett Sparks, in the organization for seven years. They they let these different guys, you know, uh, uh, they let the backup goal go who was unreal. Uh, what's God? Curtis McElhinney? Curtis McElhinney. Yeah. <laughs> and they keep him because they're like, he's been here for seven, eight years. We got to hang on to the guy we developed. That investment time and, and then they they let him go because he was so bad he could not get it done at the pro level and i think it's because maybe it's so much more mental as well as the the physical and and it depends on the team in front of you like uh if you want to listen to a very nerdy goalie podcast go listen to in goal magazine radio i think it's what to call yeah. it in, in goal uh those guys i mean they have pro goalies on all the time but they 
they get into it. Things that I don't, I don't, I'm Begin not a goalie. Understand. Yeah. But just how certain goalies will be better for certain penalty killing styles and, and different positional styles. So it just, it all needs to kind of work together. Of course you get your freaks who like, you could probably take Carey Price and you could put him anywhere. He's going to be good. Right. But he, well, when the Montreal Canadians were bad, everybody thought Carey Price was, Oh, he's not even a top 20 goalie anymore. He's terrible now. <laughs> and then the Canadians get good again. And suddenly he's like top five again. Right. No, he was, he never got bad. Like it was the team in front of him. Right, and that's the thing. So when you get a forward who who maybe isn't playing as good or isn't developed as well, right? You've got guys around him that can kind of pick up that slack. Yep. Goaltenders, no one else is picking up that slack for him. Yep. You You're going to find out he's bad if he's right. bad. Right. Yeah. I mean, how many how many mistakes can you make in a game as a winger? You could probably make a couple mistakes in a game playing 13, 14 minutes. Right. You can make a mistake here and there as a goalie. You parse that out over 60 minutes, you're making like seven mistakes. You're out of the league like Michael Hutchinson. Uh, no. Yeah, what a joke. I mean, it's, you know, there's some teams too that just always seem to find goaltenders and develop them. I mean, you look at Anaheim, for instance, Freddie Anderson, then they got John Gibson yep. or Nashville, well, and, right? And they, the guys they had before that, right. Jean Sebastian Jaguer and Guy Hebert. Yep. I mean, freaking A. Yeah, so some teams just know how to do it, others just can't seem to figure it out. Yep. And it's, uh, I think, again, it, it has a lot to do with internal systems and then, you know, being able to just how difficult it is to project where goaltenders will go. Yep. So, well, with that said, the Red Wings don't have anybody coming up through the pipeline that you can really put a, like a def, a definitive seal of yes approval. No yeah. Nothing like that yet. So, um, all right. Well, any last Red Wings thoughts? Where do, where do you think uh, they'll finish ultimately this year? Ultimately, I, I still think they're going to be right down there at the bottom with Ottawa. You know, I think, yeah, they've had a couple, you know, decent games here. You know, I mean, last over, you know, this last weekend, they beat Boston and Vegas, which was nice. But it's nice um, to see when you know that they're like, they're not horrible. They just, they just are missing some pieces. Right. And the league is so comparable that like if you're missing a couple pieces you're just not going to win as many games this is, is what it is yeah uh but if you don't show up you aren't probably going to beat the red wings they're at least going to work right they will work like Absolutely. dylan larkin's a workhorse yeah. that's that's what i i can really appreciate the fact that like that guy's willing to battle even though his team's bad that guy's willing to battle i'd take that guy on my team any day yeah absolutely and so yeah i think again the red wings just they're going to finish towards the bottom they're going to they're going to get their draft picks and hopefully start to develop here in maybe 2 3 years we can start talking about a, a, a nice playoff team there you go a nice so. leafs wings playoff there, battle ooh. That'd be great. That'd be fun. All right. Well, that's our show. You can hit us on OT at OT Hockey Talk on Twitter and Instagram and uh, let us know what you think of the Detroit Red Wings. And uh, we'll, we'll be doing some some more deep dives as we go. It's not going to be a, a consistent thing, but we'll we'll be jumping around a little bit now uh, for our like one of our episodes. We'll continue our top tens and uh, make sure you look out for that top 10 Ottawa Senators. Talk to you guys soon.